One, two, three. I'm a proud Democrat, but first and foremost, I'm a proud Republican and Democrat and mostly American. Can you believe in miracles? Yes, you can. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. Wake up. On a shucky ducky kind of day. He's bare chested and banging his chest. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. I'm f***ing up and ready and running. So the audience are a bunch of hoes. Yeah. Real classy. Why don't we just go to the story? Talk radio has made people lack confidence in a lot of our existing institutions. The best place to get real information is the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Here. Why are you here today? I don't watch the news. The birthplace of talk radio. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. I'm done. Unlike most presidents, I did it in half the time, folks. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Senor. A dimly lit room, where is it? Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Christmas Compound. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The greatest tax reform in three decades that will either be a boon to the economy and the middle class or a raping of the American people not seen since Harvey Weinstein plied the streets of Hollywood. Well, and nothing in between. So there's that... Think tank study that came out yesterday that said 80% of Americans are going to get a tax cut. Yep. But that's not what the speeches sound like from the opposition. So, nope. I don't know. Yeah. I think everybody looks at, looks at it through the lens of their own life. What it's going to do for them. And fair enough. Sure, yeah. Well, it's the only thing you can understand anyway. I mean, you want to tip your uh, Uncle Sam hat to the idea of the national debt? Yeah. Uh, and deficits and that sort of thing. We appreciate the, the adulthood there. But yeah, look at it through the lens of your own bad self. Which I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like. I don't love the, uh, not, the idea. I'm not looking forward to us it. blue staters. But you know, you get the government you deserve, both in your state and in your country. Oh, here's the most interesting thing we got going today. Bill O'Reilly's going to be on the show. And they specifically said... And I'm one, I think it's interesting that they did, because I wonder what's behind it. They specifically said as PR people that we could ask him about anything. Well, I tell you, here's my guess, because I remember how the meeting went. Uh, I think it was uh, Anton said Bill O'Reilly's people want him to come on the show. And I thought, I don't have any interest in promoting you know, killing Tucker Carlson or whatever his <laughs> new, his new uh, book is. Huh? Uh, no, we're not going to pretend like he doesn't have that giant looming scandal that went through my mind. And then uh, he said, and as people say, you can ask him absolutely anything. And I thought, wow, okay, let's do it. But so what's behind that? Is he trying it's to... the re- only way to get him on the air. <laughs> is he really trying to rehabilitate his image, or is he trying to make a comeback? Yeah, I think he realizes he has to deal with it head on. I mean, nobody was talking about at work uh, sexy. 
back in the day. It was so weird and off-putting and accusatory. Well, now it's like everybody talks about it all the time. So I think he wants to, like, re-enter the public square and kind of litigate what he may or may not have done and see where that ends up. Because it couldn't have really ended up any worse for him the first go-around. Well, that's for certain. Sent a packing and humiliated, more or less. I wonder if he feels like, uh, does the fact that there are so many people do it make it less? No, I don't think it does. <laughs> well, no, I see what you're saying, though. It's almost like he can take cover and say, yeah, like a lot of people, I've made a lot of mistakes. I'm not proud of it. Or maybe he's just going to deny everything. I don't know. If you are one of those people, you're, it turns out you're not one in a hundred million. You're one in ten or something <laughs> who act like that. Yeah. I mean, that's what we found out. Depending but. on the degree of, of uh, heinous. Anyway, we got Bill O'Reilly on at 747, so that should be an interesting conversation. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Mike? I'm doing good. You know, my favorite interviews that you guys do always end with one of you saying, well, that was uncomfortable. <laughs> Those are my favorite ones. <laughs> so I'm, I'm stay ready. tuned. Is that what we're hoping for? <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I hope that you don't get a hang up, you know, or it's just you look down, oh, he appears to have hung up. Because they said you could ask him anything, but will he answer anything? Well, well, he have to answer it one way or another, even if it's I'm not going to talk about that, which is its own answer. Yeah, I'm just afraid it's all he's going to do is just keep saying that over and over. I again. have I have no need to be like mean to Bill O'Reilly or put him in an awkward position on purpose. He's always been nice to us, but um, you know, it is it is the story of the last two or three months in America. Sure, that sort of thing. And he was an early and notable uh, example right. of the downfall of the great. He's got to have some comments on the the whole wave of this sort of thing. Sure. Um, there is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Oh, my goodness. I am uh, I am the baron of Bitcoin, as you guys know. Uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, the, the, You're the only Bitcoin investor on the show. Yeah, the, I call him yeah. Captain Crypto. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the big boss of blockchain, some say. Oh, wow. Uh, but the markets are volatile. I'm telling you, this is not for the faint of heart, the, the easily uh, the easily squeamish. Last uh, yesterday, in just one day, it was up, you know, around eighteen thousand, nineteen thousand per Bitcoin. Fell all the way to fifteen thousand. I'm like, oh, did it no. really yesterday? Oh, yeah. oh no, I'm paying. Sell, sell, sell. Buy more. When people get scared, I get bold. I don't. Yeah. I don't right? yeah. Keep in mind, I know nothing about any of this. <laughs> so, but but yeah, I like I I only put in a little bit, so I'm not too worried. If it all bottoms sure. out, I'm not too worried about it. But it's fascinating to see how this moves. And like I was telling you guys before, it doesn't. The the market never sleeps. Like I wake up and I, oh, it all recovered. Oh, good. How nice is that? But it could have easily just gone the other way. I don't know. It's uh, it's crazy. So is it back up again? I'm I'm right around. Uh, so at my peak, I've been up about plus thirty bucks. Mm. Right now, I'm about <laughs> minus twelve. Oh, oh Daniel, you're no, done. you're done. Oh, no. Bye. <laughs> There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing well. The rest of my present for the gift exchange finally got here yesterday. The state health officials signed off on it. <laughs> when I get home today, I'm going to check for imperfections. I'll figure out the multimedia presentation, and we <laughs> should be good to go for tomorrow. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, fantastic. We'll do our gift exchange yeah. in, uh, around 9 o'clock or something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I'm yeah. so excited. It's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on what day is this? I should know this. Wednesday. I got stuff showing up in the mail. Wednesday, December 20th, yep. the year 2017. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Yeah, I failed to recognize December 19th yesterday as my wife's birthday. And, oh, really? Uh, did not pay her loving tribute on the air, as is my tradition, mm. and was deeply ashamed. And uh, and regretful over that, but 
It was my anniversary of starting in the radio business, which I, re- I regularly uh, acknowledge. I think yesterday every, or every, today, every December nineteenth, ah. I think. This is when it all started. I got hired for my first full time radio job because the program director was butthurt that he couldn't go to the Christmas party because he worked the evening shift. Ah, so they had to hire somebody so he could go to the Christmas party. Somebody, anybody, <laughs> and that was me. <laughs> you. And that's how, about, how it began. How about that balding kid, that weirdo who came in, opened hire the door, <laughs> poked his head out of the office. That guy. <laughs> and and my negotiating strategy was, we'll offer you this, and I said okay, and it was six hundred dollars a month. There you go for full time employment. Wow. There you go. There you go. Good work if you can get it. <laughs> All right, here's the uh, beginning of the show now, officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Yeah. These are 227 and the nays are 203. The conference report is adopted without objection. The motion to reconsider oh! is laid upon the table. Lay it on the table. Lay it on the table. Yeah. Lay it. Got another giant piece of legislation yeah. completely, not with one vote from the other party. The healthcare thing and the tax thing. That is no way to run a nation. Not even some moderate geek from a Trump state could cross the aisle and say, I think it's more or less all right. Right, yeah. No way! No way! Not in America! One House member who's not only in a Trump state, but a district that was particularly Trump, that Trump probably won by 30 points. Right. Good he vote for the tax thing, because that's the way we work in modern America. What are other headlines, Marshall? A new report, Amtrak did not wait for the safety system that might have prevented the crash in Washington State to rush for federal subsidies. GOP tax plan moving into the home stretch, and who benefits most from marriage? Coming up, 635 Armstrong and Getty. Marriage counselors, that's who. Whoa! Cynical shot. I'll tell you who benefits the most. The children. There you go. Kids. Absolutely true. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's outstanding. And later in the show, we'll separate it from mailbag. Mary in the Ho has come through again this year with all the band names for 2017. Always good. Autobiographies, etc. Always good. And she said, as the official compiler... This year's list is especially amusing. Really? Yes. Okay. Looking forward to that. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So I assume you're doing your loving tribute to your wife later in the show. Uh, sure. After her birthday? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. Oh, my God. She is my joy, my happiness, the mother of my children, my best friend, my drinking buddy. What What? What could I say? I won the wife lottery. Perhaps you just said it. Yeah, I think I did. Um, as... you know, I always liked Bob Seger. Thanks for playing to Bob Seger. I always liked him. Kind of down-to-earth, likable, Midwestern rock guy. Then I found out he was best friends with Glenn Fry, like lifelong. Really? Not like even, From even the Eagles. More. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I the have late, a uh, Glenn Fry. I have a buddy who ran into Bob Seger at a high school reunion. I'll be damned. Because Bob Seger's, I guess, wife was in the high school class. And how'd that go? Please don't tell Said me. That he was a very normal oh, person. Oh, he fought every guy in the place. He was incredibly he normal. Laid several wives. Yeah. Regular acting person. He urinated <laughs> in the punch bowl. It was, laid, it was a nightmare. Laid a nightmare. several wives. Yeah, it was, it was just as horrible. Wow. It was like being with a grizzly bear. So no, that's great. That's great. That's terrific. You don't, you know what? The whole I'm a star, so I got to act like an a hole thing is no place. Plenty of people don't. 
So all the Republicans voted, uh, yes, except for the Republicans in California and New York in the House. They mm-hmm. voted against the tax thing, except for one exception, Tom McClintock of Northern California, who we had on the show a while back explaining why he was a no vote. And yeah. he was a yes vote yesterday. So we might try to get him on today to explain why he switched to a yes vote. And uh, But they're busy trying to fix some sort of snafu from yesterday, so I don't know if we'll get him today, but maybe tomorrow. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Although, I don't know. Tomorrow is uh, Clips of the Year. Mm-hmm. It's the gift exchange. It's going to be uh, pretty laid back. And judging by traffic, the uh, the world is starting to wind down for the nothing gets done period of the year, which is my favorite period of the, the year. The nothing gets done at work, but everywhere yeah. is busy. Oh. Like oh. The, You have to wait in line to get gas or forget going to a Starbucks. I gave up. I needed a cup of coffee as I was running around yesterday. Forget it. You can't do it. That's how I ended up eat, having a cup of coffee and a hot dog from the Shell station yesterday. <sighs> That's good eating, huh? A shell dog. Now, the shell I, coffee, fine. that's fine. Usually, gas stations, I think Starbucks ruined it for gas stations. They used to care about their coffee. Now, a lot of them, they just, it, it's been sitting there since yesterday. Really? And it's just, yeah. How interesting. So I would have thought it had gone the other I way. Because, like, some... McDonald's really picked up their yep. coffee game. Absolutely. Mac D's has some good Java. I'll tell you what, that hot dog was awful, though. Oh, really? I didn't finish it, and I don't uh, I don't, What? I, don't, I, did, I couldn't finish it. I was starving. You're the king of the hot dog. I was starving, and I have very low standards for food. Right. And I could not finish it. I there are I, starving Labrador retrievers who look at Jack and slip, slow down, first of all, they say. You ever eat gas, gas station hot dogs? Occasionally. Okay. Yeah, so got, well, a long time ago. You got the hot dog up on the thing rolling. It's usually okay. All sure. beef hot dog, Oscar yeah. Mayer. It's fine. Right. Um, and then there's a bun underneath in a little bag they keep warm, and it uh, varies in its freshness. But then you got the condiment thing that is kind of open to everyone to, like, touch and mess with. Wow, and has, like, everything you need to grow bacteria. <sighs> has some sugar, and, some liquid, a little warmth. And the, and the mustard and the relish seemed iffy to me. And it just I started thinking about how iffy it seemed, and then I just couldn't finish it. Wow. Wow, listen oh. to you. Huh. Too good for a Shell Station hot dog. Right. Wow, putting on airs. What Bob, you Bob Seeger would never turn down a Shell Station hot dog mailbag. Tell me, the then. hot dog was fine. It was the condiments that were a little sketchy. <laughs> so a lot of you are uh, annoyed, enraged, miffed about the uh, the podcast, how they're labeled, that sort of thing. We're working through it. We're working through a bunch of new software and people and, and what have you. But thank you for the feedback. We appreciate it. Taking the time. It shows you care, my friends. Some of you take an unnecessarily snarky tone, but we're all human. We have our weaknesses. That's right. It's a rare moment of mercy for me. No backlash at all. No lash. Ah, thank you. (laughs) This one is signed by Tom in Squirrel Country. I don't know what that means. Uh, Shower thought. Amateur shower thoughts. Michelle in Sacramento. If you want to get to sleep, you have to pretend you're already sleeping. That's true. Really is true. When you're trying to get to sleep, you, you you act as though, well, she just said it. Why would I repeat it? Keep trying to convince my second grader of that. Like Jack's hot dog, repeating the, over and over. The sitting up doing things with your eyes open, you're, you're never going to get to sleep that way. Right. I can't get to sleep. Well, you're not, you don't appear to be trying very hard. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, clips of the year request. Now, it's a fago Joe, f- friend of Armstrong and Getty of almost a year. Oh, okay. All right. New to the show. Yeah, welcome. Already welcome, demanding things. All Good right. To, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a little ballsy of you, Joe boy. Uh, I have a request to the story Jack told when his goat got its junk caught up in the fence. Mm. I can't remember the date. I just remember it was hilarious. It's cross-filed under goat testicles, I believe, Sean. Thank you for a great year and many more to come. Joe, very kind of you, sir. Thank you for the note. Well, we'll see if we can find that or a reference to it or whatever. Sean, I'm, 
Sean will not sleep. He will not eat. He will not medicate himself. He will uh, eliminate in Ziplocs for the next 24 hours. I wish I had Ziplocs. Ran out of those on Tuesday. <laughs> he's he's uh, urinating, defecating in old bread bags as he is working mightily to get Clips of the Year ready. That'll be tomorrow. Uh, props 47 comment. Now, this is Nick from Wisconsin. Uh, since we already have a national show, someday a national radio company will realize that and have a smashing success. But shh, don't tip them off. Anyway, Nick from Wisconsin commenting on Prop 47 that decriminalized crime in California. He says, so in California, if you steal a car, then get caught speeding in the very same stolen vehicle, you will get in more trouble for having gone over the speed limit than stealing the car. That makes sense. That's right, Nick. And that is why I call the Golden State Cal Unicornia, because the state, the government, the people have become completely divorced from reality. Uh, let's see. Now, granted, that's got to be a car that's worth $900 or less. So that's a pretty junky car. But as we pointed out during the interview, it's the people who need their car most desperately that have junky cars. I get my car stolen. I'll rent one. Fine. What's it going to be? 40 bucks a day? I don't care. Um, but somebody with a $900 car, that's a goddamn tragedy. I've had sub $900 cars, and I, I in, in a couple of cases, I was hoping someone would steal it. Well, there's another I perspective. I sure wish someone would steal this. <laughs> <laughs> Here's uh, Billy on the topic of Humboldt County. Guys, listening to the, uh, the show, your segment on criminals, where you talked about Humboldt County and everybody being stoned all the time made me laugh. Reason is, I work for a sheriff's office in Nevada. And 98% of our inmates that run to California end up being arrested in Humboldt County. In fact, we recently had a guy extradited extradited from that county to our jail for murder. So, wow, if somebody flees Nevada, maybe I shouldn't announce this. You know, I don't want to mess with, uh, you know, our nation's law enforcement. They just say, all right, send somebody over to Humboldt County. He's there. (laughs) Wow. that's, That's pretty interesting, though. Um... There's a downside of being a uh, you know a super pot friendly county. Apparently, yeah, you're attracting a lot of criminals. Yeah, for some reason, for it's some just reason, a feel of lawlessness. Well, I imagine with with it becoming more legal and above board now, there's going to be that should go away. Yeah, there's fewer opportunities to work for these quote unquote grow operations as things and get paid under the table if they are doing that. They're criminals. I don't know if they're actually working. Yeah, or not. it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there are plenty of you know tax cheats and dodges in legal uh, industry already, but. Um, they said it couldn't be done. This was one of the great challenges, a a robot that can fold clothing and neaten it and make it look good. Well, uh, alert listener uh, Gordon sent us a video of it. We ought to post that. I'll send that link along. Now, it's slow. (laughs) It's really slow. Um, They had to speed up the video like five, six times to even make it worth watching. Um, And it looks like it would cost $5 million. But... You know, that's the uh, that's the alpha. That's the very first shot at it. I'd like to see that. I don't believe it. Oh, it's amazing. I've watched check that it out. with my own eyes. You call me check, a liar? I have to check that out. Uh, let's see. And finally, this, speaking of technology, Jack, uh, alert listener Jerry has recommended the Victor Quick Kill Mousetrap. Now, it's seventeen ninety six, so it's more expensive than the, you know, sheet of balsa wood with the spring thing on it that we all know. I'm very um, familiar with the Victor Quick Kill. I've bought them all. Every mousetrap oh. that exists, I have purchased. Jerry's totals are outstanding. Well, I must do something wrong. I'm dealing with some sort of Einstein-level mouse, apparently. Genetic mutation. 
that reads the instructions on the mousetrap box as a way to figure out how to disarm it. Hey, look! Farmer boy bought the Victor Quick Kill! <laughs> Let's knock it over! He's Googling stuff on a smartphone. Exactly! Oh, I see how to beat it. It's not so hard. Marshall's next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Silver Two days ago, Trump released his, um, some people call it the Trump Doctrine. It's it's the way his administration's going to look at uh, defense in the world. Foreign policy, yeah. All that sort of stuff. And we're going to talk to Mike Lyons coming up in a little bit, a military analyst, on uh, how he feels about this thing. Including, I'd like to know how seriously he takes it. How momentous is the release of this uh, document, mm-hmm. generally and in this case? Okay, cool. That's on the way right now. News with Marshall Phillips. Amtrak's rush to launch service on that new faster route near Seattle led them to go ahead without the speed control technology that might have prevented Monday's deadly derailment. Installation of the positive train control technology, which detects speeding of the train and applies brakes to stop it, isn't expected to be completed until next spring on this newly opened section of track where the train derailed when it was going 80 miles an hour in a 30-mile-an-hour zone. Now, oh for 1 in terms of not killing people. I mean, that's pretty weak. Yeah. The Seattle Times is reporting the original plan called for the route to be refurbished by 2019, but in order to get federal stimulus money, construction had to be completed by the middle of this year, so the state went ahead and opened the line this fall without the safety gear. Good decision. Yeah, meanwhile, the cause of the, dev- of the actual derailment is still being investigated. Federal investigators saying they're looking into whether the engineer was distracted because apparently a new conductor was in the engine with him getting trained, and they're wondering if he somehow got distracted as they were coming into the curve. The GOP... GOP tax reform bill likely headed to the president's desk after a final vote by the House today. The House already approved the bill Tuesday, but they've got to redo it. They've got to vote on it again because of some technical glitches. Bill passed the Senate overnight on a strictly party-line vote of 51 to 48. Now, as expected, the House will probably be given final approval to the tax bill, and President Trump says he's going to hold a presser at 10 o'clock this morning, West Coast time. So is he signing this week, or I heard some people say he might hold off and do it when the, when the world comes back after the new year to have some sort of positive energy to start Haven't here. heard any final word on the signing, but again, he'll have the presser later this morning, and uh, we'll find out a lot more then. Speak- he's the master showman. Do you get more uh, Do you get more juice out of signing it right now? Everybody's in the Christmas spirit, or do you wait till everybody comes back? He's made multiple references to it being a big Christmas present yep. for the American people, so I suspect he goes ahead. Speaker Paul Ryan saying at a Victory News conference, this was a promise made, this is a promise kept. And this promise being kept today is one of the most important things we could do to get the U.S. economy growing faster, to help people get bigger paychecks, to have a fairer tax system, and to simplify the system so people can have more peace of mind. Democrats, though, like Nancy Pelosi, have nothing oh, good God. to say. Here we go. Have nothing good to say about the. Have nothing, have nothing good to say about the bill. It's disgusting. Smash and grab. The geotax scam will go down as one of the most scandalous acts of plutocracy in our history. Oh, shut up! Well, time will tell. Now, where's my room? It's time to fly home to my district. Time will tell, just like time told with the uh, the healthcare thing. 
Looks like senators and White House officials are working on a major immigration deal now to resolve the fate of young, undocumented immigrants whose legal protections were compromised by President Trump. Fairy dust angels, a term that is every bit as applicable as dreamers. There was a meeting yesterday with nearly a dozen senators deeply involved in immigration policy. They were joined by White House Chief of Staff John Kelly. According to people that were at the meeting, the administration is going to soon present a list of border security and other policy changes it wants as part of a broader deal on these so-called dreamers. Build the wall or something. There are there is so much widespread agreement on this issue. I mean, if you were to get a, a, even a like a Congress of 100 Americans together, and say, listen, here's what we're going to do. We, we want to be humane to the people been here a long time. They own houses. They're working. They're on the you know, local school right. board, whatever. But they're undocumented. So, all right, who, who wants to ship all those people out? You get a few people, just a few. And then you say, all right, how about we secure the border so people can't sneak in, people don't bring drugs in, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And you would get 93% approval. There would be a roar of approval for that. Right. And then you say to them, all right, now we've got all these laws that you can't be in the country illegally and you're not supposed to work if you are. So how about we have a system where uh, or where you have to fill out a form or the employer has to check and people can't work here illegally and take jobs from, from Americans. Mm-hmm. You would get 96% approval of that. If you went down the line, you would get huge, indisputable majorities on each one of those issues. But Washington can't solve it because they're all in on it together. All right, take a look at the clock. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. So I only heard Trump's speech about his uh, his view of the world, which was, yeah, it was interesting. But I guess the actual written version, which I haven't read, is much more direct in that China's out to get us and we got to stop them from getting us and a variety of other things. Sure, and it makes it clear that though Vlad Putin's very handsome. He uh, views, the administration views Russia as a real uh, rival. We'll talk to Mike Lines about that coming up. Uh, Bill O'Reilly in, what, about an hour or so? And we're going to ask him about the sex stuff. That brought him down, you know, just like Charlie Rose and Matt Lauer. Three of the biggest names in television history. No longer have their jobs because of this this wave of whatever's going on. A lot of good stuff this morning. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Malakilikimaka is a thing to say on a bright wine Christmas Have you day. seen the ads for the relief wrap? It's like this year's Snuggie, except mm. it vibrates on your back mm. and warms up. You plug it in. It's like an electric blanket for your neck. But it vibrates. I think I'm going to get one for my wife. I just saw the ad for it on TV. The people in the ad look really happy. Oh, yeah. The yeah. old lady. Sure. The, the mom with kids. Make sure you're typing at his computer. Yep. Yeah. Tell her that when she opens it. Yeah, yeah the people on the TV looked really happy. The old with this. people really seem to like it. Tell that. Uh, please welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. It's long overdue. Uh, Major Mike Lyons, CBS uh, military analyst. Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. Great to be back with you. Thank you, and uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours. Merry Christmas. Uh, so the uh, recently released National Security Strategy, fifty-five page document, uh, to give us a little insight into the Trump foreign policy. Uh, how big a deal is the release of this document generally, and, and what do you think of it? I thought it was really good. Uh, so it's early in an administration to come up with this this kind of document. But I think what I liked about it was it, it shows you the eyes, through the eyes of the president, the world, 
as it currently is, as opposed to how we want it to be. I think the previous administration was more focused on a world that it uh, it wanted, but that just wasn't there. This is a kind of a real politic. Put America first, uh, very clearly from a campaign promise. Uh, and it gives, I think, plenty for the military to do to refocus on its mission of fighting and winning the nation's wars, as opposed to, um, give an example, the previous administration was focused on climate change. They expected the Navy to be rescuing people from 50-foot swells right now off of uh, in, in some Pacific islands. Uh, right now, we can focus on the fact that the Chinese are still building missile plants uh, on atolls in the South Pacific Sea, as opposed to uh, saving people themselves. So I, I think, again, we've got to make sure that the video matches the audio and at some point. But a uh, good document, obviously, with H.R. McMaster's fingerprints all over it. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I saw him speaking on uh, CBS Early Show yesterday, and he seemed to be pretty into it. So, OK, so he was involved in the putting this together. Now, I took in some of the president's speech and thought, okay, that's interesting. And then I, I was told, because I haven't read it, that it reads a lot tougher than the speech um, in terms of uh, making China uh, appear more as an adversary. It does. And so, same with Russia, in fact. And it basically says China is aligned with Russia, and it is in places like North Korea. And those two nations have figured out that them together can actually you know, go after the United States and, and exert pressure and use proxies to uh, to force the U.S. to act in certain things. And they do it passive-aggressively. And, and again, the previous administration was hoping that that really wasn't the case. They were hoping that the Iranians were going to turn the corner and become a, a great nation all of a sudden. They were hoping that the Chinese were going to get involved with North Korea. And, and, and hope is just not a method on any level. Again, this administration is much more pragmatic with regard to U.S. interests, especially when it comes to foreign policy. Well, I'm not going to poo-poo optimism in general. I thought the Obama administration was wildly unrealistic, but, you know, I kind of appreciate the idea of, all right, let's bring Iran out of the dark and make them a, a real um, uh, actor on the world stage in a positive way, you know, economically, et cetera. That's a lovely notion. But right. we saw the opposite happen uh, in the wake of the right. nuclear deal, and China has doubled down on a, uh, expressing its military power, and B, being commies. Yeah, it, it, this is all through the eyes of the leader, right? It's Barack Obama, in his lifetime, number one policy failure for the United States post-World War II era, I, I think is Iran, what happened in 1979 when he was young, saw what saw the hostages, saw what's happened since that revolution has taken place, what's happened in the Middle East since then, wanted his legacy to reverse that, was going to do anything he possibly could to try to bring Iran into the international community. And we've seen what's happened now. We've gave them billions of dollars. They still support Hezbollah. They're upsetting the apple cart in, in the Middle East. They're about to go to a hot war with Saudi Arabia and Yemen. So that just didn't work out. You have an older president in Donald Trump who, um, I'm not sure he's got real um, you know, vision on how things are, except for the next transaction he's going to do. And, and, but but he's, got, he's surrounded by people that recognize that we've got real challenges in North Korea. And, and you heard H.R. McMaster say it's the proliferation of this weapon system. I think that's going to be the red line. Uh, we'll, we'll try to deter and contain North Korea as much as we can. But the bottom line is once they start moving that uh, nuclear equipment outside of North Korea, then I'm afraid we're going to have to act. Hey, you brought up uh, Saudi Arabia and Yemen and Iran, so that looks like a heck of a hot spot. Is is that is the great Sunni Shia battle with the leads being Iran and Saudi Arabia headed our way? I think so. I, I, and you've got um, actually the the Sunnis uh, aligned with the Israelis. We haven't seen that in in really since the beginning of the Israeli nation back in the in the forties, late forties. 
Um, but um, you, they're concerned about uh, the Iranians actually starting a hot war with also Israel, which would be the absolute dumbest thing they, they could possibly do. Just, you know, again, let's go look back in history and see what happens when the Arab nation starts to do that. But I, but I do believe that uh, the Iranians want to be the hegemonic power. They want to be the most important element within uh, the Middle East. And there's Russia right there with, uh, with the Iranians. They looked at them as a partner on the military side. They've aligned themselves with the Syrians. Uh, they still don't have enough economy to move troops there and to really, um, you know, back them in, in a big way. Uh, but clearly the nuclear weapons that they have uh, are, are a cloud that hangs over any military involvement that they get, they get involved with. One more Middle Eastern note. Nobody, including us, seems to mention the 800-pound sphinx in the room, and that would be Egypt. Uh, what's their uh, point of view in all this? So Egypt is now going after the United States over its uh, moving of um, the, the the our embassy to Jerusalem. Kind of surprised at that. Uh, you want to pick a fight with us? And Nikki Haley made a comment yesterday. It said, and he went. It said, all you people now that have decided you're going to go against the United States, we're, we're taking names. Uh, nice bold comment. Yeah, I thought you know from a, in that operation, she tweeted that out, and um, <clears throat> it's gotten some pretty incredible responses. So you know, Egypt, countries act in their own interest, and we have to never forget that when we deal with them. Uh, the, again, the previous administration always wanted to look on the good side. And you're right, be eternally optimistic. We don't want to start a shooting war, but we have to recognize that they're going to use any leverage they can over us, and, and they'll continue to do so. Well, and the thing that people always forget, and Egypt's a great example of this, is foreign policy is always an expression of domestic policy and domestic mm-hmm. attitudes and the needs of the rulers domestically. So, you know, right. it's 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 tough to be transcendent if you're presiding over a third world country full of a bunch of people who want to kill you if you don't, uh, you know, at least toe the ideological line somewhat. But anyway, yep. another thing about this strategy too, it's not going to go after the Arab Spring Springs anymore. We're not going to export democracy. We're not going to do the George W. Bush you know we're gonna, you know, we're gonna bring democracy to nations. That's not part of the strategy at all. We're gonna let, we'll contain these nations, but we'll let them implode if they implode. Well, that's interesting. So uh, a clear declaration that that the we're out of that game. You, uh, yeah, you we, and look at the trillions of dollars we've spent. People are caviling over this tax cut, spending a trillion dollars. The last two administrations had spent a trillion dollars a year, added that to the deficit. I mean. We're where we are because of George W. Bush and Barack Obama. They're both both sides of the aisle are, are completely responsible for this, but that debt is so high because of this this adventure in the Middle East that cost us eight nine trillion dollars. And, and where where do we have what do we have right now? We have just more chaos. Yeah, I'd like to if I had unlimited time compile a list of uh, all these uh, newly minted deficit hawks and research right. how many times they brought that up in the last eight years. Mike Lyons, uh, CBS military analyst. Mike, it's always a pleasure. Merry Christmas to you and and yours, and we look forward to talking in the new year. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Merry Thanks Christmas. a lot. So he says, "Yeah, I think so." <laughs> so the question of is the big war between Saudi Arabia and Iran coming? Mm-hmm. And Mike Lyons says, yeah, I think so. It's a hell of a deal. That is a hell of a deal. Oh, my God. What form it takes, though. What he said about uh, Iran can't, like, export and sustain troops. So what does it look like? Is it mining of harbors and sinking of ships and uh, cyber attacks and tit-for-tat to jabs at each other's capitals or what? I don't know. Russia was certainly willing to get heavily involved in supporting uh, Assad in, in Syria. Yeah. I mean, his planes, his guys... Does he do that for Iran? Well, when you take away Russia's nukes, they they got plenty to take on guys in Toyota pickup trucks and and uh, you know, 
uh, rifles they bought in an arms bazaar. You know, if we weigh in on the side of the Gulf states and... Oof, then, I hope that um, doesn't happen. They I don't just... have the stomach for that. But I don't think that's going to happen. Putin is not a fool. He's not going to provoke a fight he's going to lose. Speaking of domestic politics. I think else. we can trust his self-interest not to get too froggy in that situation. Right. But he will absolutely, absolutely, it's like uh, my new dog Baxter loves to play with tennis balls, uh, fetch, keep away, whatever. Um, Overhead shots to serve the backhand. Sure. Oh, yeah. He's strong. His uh, net game is unmatched. Oh, yeah. Well, he can hold two rackets because he stands on his hind legs. and he, <laughs> Anyway, and one in his mouth, a third racket. Uh, but if you make a step toward the tennis ball, he's on it. And uh, and Putin is going to make a step toward the tennis ball just to see, does uh, Trump react like uh, Obama generally did, which was to say, now let's have, let's have some diplomacy here. Meanwhile, Putin takes the tennis ball. So Bill O'Reilly at about 7.45, and we're, uh, we're, we can talk to him about anything, we understand. So we'll, we'll have to bring up the sex stuff, which should be interesting. We'll ask him the hard questions, the embarrassing questions. Yeah, I'm not out to embarrass him, but I'd like to know what he thinks about it. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.